Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are a people who need not thirst in this life. You have given to us your very life. You are the fountain of life. And I pray that, that when we thirst, that we wouldn't go to sources that, that really only make us uh, more thirsty or aggravate the situation of our thirst. But Lord, that we would go to you alone. You are the way and the truth and the life. So thank you, Lord, that when we thirst, we go to you and we find water that wells up to everlasting life, a never-ending supply. Thank you, Lord. And so may we, we drink of your word today. And as uh, we read about this account from the book of Numbers, of the impatience of the Israelites, of the impatience of Moses. I pray that we would understand that you are a God who is patient with impatient people. That you are uh, so patient with us that our minds can't even begin to comprehend it. And we thank you for that. So open our hearts and our minds today to hear your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I was not feeling well about a week ago, and uh, then last night I had opportunity as a chaplain in our area to respond to an incident on 196 where a man had barricaded himself into his hotel room with a, with a gun, so I had opportunity to be with our fire and police and SWAT teams, and so I was out there in the, in the, in the rain and the cold, I just all of a sudden began to feel uh, the sore throat coming back and everything coming back again. And, uh, but I made it here today. Negative COVID test, just so you know. But I'm going to keep my distance from each and every one of you. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're talking about today. The fruit of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is, first of all, what? And you can help me preach today. It is what? Love. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, and peace, and what? Patience. It's not my favorite one. Patience is hard for me, but one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is patience, patience. So we're going to be reading uh, from the Old Testament today about a failure, a failure in patience. You see, the nation of Israel, they failed at being patient with God, and they failed at being patient with their leader, Moses. And then we'll read about the leader, Moses, who also failed at patience. He grew very impatient with the nation of Israel. Have you failed at patience? Have you failed? I have failed at patience. If you failed at patience, you're in good company. Uh, there are very few people out there that have that, uh, that, that really godly saint-like patience. I'm certainly not one of those people. So we'll read about the nation of Israel today, and we'll read about Moses today. But the big story and the good news for us today is this, that God is infinitely patient with us. He is astoundingly uh, patient with you. He loves you, and He is patient with you, even though you sin 
You fall short of the glory of God. You fail to obey his word. He is patient with you. So a good verse to memorize is 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9, the Apostle Peter wrote, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. He is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. He is patient towards you. And today we're going to be talking about what does it mean for us to be patient. Three points. To be patient is to be content. To be patient is to be content in what God has allowed to happen in your life. Oftentimes, God will bring us into a place that's difficult for us. But to be patient is to be content in God. To be patient is to wait on God. You see, our timing isn't God's timing. God's timing isn't our timing. So to be patient is to wait on God. And then number three, to be patient is to trust in God. That's the bottom line. To trust Him through the difficult circumstances and being in situations and you're wondering, when am I ever going to get out of this situation? So to be patient is to be content in God, to wait on God, and to trust in God. So now let's turn in our Bibles to Numbers chapter... 20, starting with the second verse in Numbers chapter 20. So here's the situation that the Israelites are in. It says, now there was no water for the congregation. And when it talks about a congregation, it's talking about a nation. This is the nation of Israel. There was no water for the congregation. And they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. So this nation grew impatient, and their impatience was that venom of impatience and anger was poured out on their leader. Sound familiar? This is the way people have been, have been behaving for thousands upon thousands of years. So verse number three, and the people quarreled with Moses and said, would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? Are they demonstrating any sort of contentment or trust in the Lord? No, they're not. Verse 5, and why have you made us come up out of Egypt, Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock, and here's the key, tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, here he is losing his patience with the congregation. Hear now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. 
Now remember from verse 8 that the Lord instructed Moses to tell the rock, to speak to the rock, and it will produce water. But Moses, he has an anger management problem. He goes to the congregation, he lectures them, you rebels, you wicked people. And in his anger, he struck the rock twice, disobeying the Lord. But God is still patient and gracious, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And here's the consequence in verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me. And that's the key. Because you did not believe in me. There's the key. Are you trusting in the Lord in the midst of the circumstances that you're facing in life? Are you trusting him even in the difficult stuff? Because you did not believe me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. And so most of us who know our Bible history, we know that Moses was not allowed to enter into the promised land. He was not allowed to enter into Canaan, that place that was flowing with milk and honey. The consequences for Moses' unbelief the consequences for his rebellion against God was that he would die in the wilderness. And after he died, then the Israelites would enter into the promised land. Verse 13, these are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord. And through them he showed himself holy. So number one, to be patient. To be patient is to be content with God. To be content in whatever situation or place that you, that you are in life right now. You may not like where you're at. You may not enjoy the situation. Paul understood this. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11-13, he wrote these words. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He said, I've learned in whatever situation I am in life to be content. He says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And he says, I can do all things. I can do all things. And here is the key, through him who strengthens me. Be patient is to be content in God. Number two, to be patient is to wait on God. Remember the Israelites were in the wilderness for how many years? How many years? Forty years. God's timing is not our timing. To be patient is to wait on God. James writes this in 5, chapter, his letter, 5, 7 through 9. James wrote a letter and he said this, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. 
See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains? You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. We can learn a lot from farmers. And farmers know that they have to be patient. There are all sorts of difficult circumstances. Nature has a way of destroying crops, but nature also has a way of producing crops. We can learn to be patient when we look to the farmer. Understanding that God has ways and God has purposes and God has plans and he has a timing which is not ours. So to be patient is to be content. To be patient is to wait on God. And then number three, which sums it all up, to be patient is to trust in God. To believe in God. To have confidence in Him. Do you believe? Do you trust? Do you have confidence in Him today? Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. Sometimes we're arrogant, and we think that we have it all figured out. But the, but the author of Proverbs, Solomon, says to trust in the Lord, and don't lean on your understanding. Rather, in all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. The Bible says that to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And what? Verse 8, it'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Proverbs 3, 5 and 8. Trust in the Lord. The nation of Israel, they lost their patience with Moses. In turn, Moses lost his patience with the people of Israel. I've noticed that when I lose my patience, it does no good. It doesn't help. When I lose my patience, normally it's, a, it's really a lose-lose situation. Nothing really good comes from losing my patience. So then I have to ask the question, why do I struggle with this? If it doesn't make sense to lose my patience, then why do I struggle with patience? Well, the Bible gives us the answer. And the Bible also gives us hope in the word of the gospel. So why do I struggle with patience? Well, the answer is, is that I imitate my parents. How many of you have said, you said something and then you, you think, oh man, I sound just like my parents. I sound just like my parents. You see, we are a people who imitate our parents, not only those who, uh, who, who, who conceived us and brought us into the world, but we imitate our original parents, our first parents, our parents who lived in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. 
We lose our patience because we imitate our parents. Our first parents, they rebelled against God. They sinned against God. So we imitate our parents. Sometimes we imitate the good things, but oftentimes we imitate the bad things. And history repeats itself. We repeat the same behavior of our parents. You see, what this generation struggles with today really is no different than what generations in the past struggled with, although we do have this added issue of of the information age, the internet age, which probably magnifies and compounds it in some ways. But really, at the root of it, at the core of, of those things that that this generation struggles with. There's nothing new under the sun, Solomon says. The temptations are the same. The struggles are the same. This is the way it has been since humanity fell into sin when our first parents, Adam and Eve, ate of the forbidden fruit. History repeats itself. So this isn't, and some of you may know this already, this isn't the first time that the Israelites were led into a place where there was no water. You may recall Exodus chapter 17. After the Israelites were led out of bondage and slavery in Egypt, they were led to a place that has no water. And the way it plays out in Exodus 17, almost 40 years before the account that we read in Numbers 20, it, all, it plays out almost identically. And, and these are the children of those who were brought out 40 years earlier out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. These are the children of those who were rescued from slavery, brought through the Red Sea and into the wilderness. History repeats itself. Children imitate the behavior of their parents. So 40 years after the same identical thing had happened, the children of Israel imitate their parents' behavior. So why do we struggle with impatience? Why do we struggle with every other sin? We imitate the behavior of those who come before us, especially those who fell into sin. So what is the key? What's the key to living out all of the fruits of the Spirit? What's the key to becoming more loving or joyful or to have more peace or to have more patience? Try as hard as you can. Try with all of your might. Try, try, try to be more loving on your own. To have more joy or more peace or more patience in your own strength. You can't do it. You can't achieve it. It's interesting that we call this the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the human will. These are not the fruits of the human will. These are the fruits of the Spirit of God. 
The human will can achieve amazing things. We put people into outer space. We cure microscopic viruses. Maybe not completely, but... The human will can achieve many things. But the human will will never achieve the attributes of the Holy Spirit. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is given by the Spirit of God so that we can live as a reflection of God's divine attributes. So I would call it the fruit of the Spirit comes from Him. Maybe you're here today. You don't know Christ as your Savior. You've never come to that point in your life where you said, Lord, I am a sinner. And I need Jesus. I'm a sinner and I need what Jesus did for me upon the cross to take away my sins. And when a person comes to trust in Jesus as their Savior, the Bible says that they're given a new spirit. The prophets in the Old Testament talk about it, about being given a new heart. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And it's by the Holy Spirit, and it's only by the Holy Spirit, not through your own efforts or your own will, that you can be a person who bears the fruit of love, of joy, of peace, and of patience in your life. There's nothing that you can do to overcome the wreck, the disaster, that our first parents in the garden created for us. But Jesus did overcome the mess that they created by going to the cross and through the shedding of His blood, you have the forgiveness of all of your sins. And when you trust in Him, you're promised a new heart filled with the Spirit of God. Do you believe? Have you come to trust in Jesus alone? And I've been thinking a lot about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the first fruit that is listed is love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And I've been thinking that love is at the core of all the fruits of the Spirit. You see, you cannot have joy if there's no love in your life especially the love of God. You cannot have peace if, there, if there's no love in your life. That's the love of God. And, and, and you will not be a patient person if there's no love. That is the love of God. And God, the Bible says, the God, that God is love. He is love. And when God's Holy Spirit fills us, we are filled with Him and His love. Love that shows forth patience. Love that says, though you continue to grumble and to complain and sin and rebel, I love you. If you hear nothing else today, hear this. God is love. And He loves you. He loves you infinitely. 
And that love is shown forth in your life by His infinite patience. And I think we all know that we, that this world, this, our congregation and, and our community and, and our nation and our world need this love today. They, they need this love uh, to be made manifest, to be shown forth through the church uh, today. If you've been watching the news, you know that our country is divided. Our country is divided. Very little patience today between two different separate viewpoints. And I, and I do believe that our country is about to enter yet another summer of turmoil, disorder, and violence. See, many people are, are rejoicing at the Supreme Court's ruling when the, when the ruling is brought down. But others are going to be seething with anger. What's going to happen in our streets? What's going to happen in our nature? Well, the timeless reaction of human nature. The timeless reaction of human nature will once again prevail on the streets of America. The dinner tables of your family. And even within congregations. So what are we called to do and to be as people who trust in the Lord? We're called to be a people of love, people of joy, a people of peace, and a people of patience. So as, as, this, as this nation is, is tearing at the seams, may we be a people who demonstrate who God is and what God has accomplished and achieved. But it starts. It starts in your world. It starts in your community, right? That's where patience starts. It starts in your family. It starts in your congregation. So in your mind, picture, picture somebody that you really can't stand. Picture somebody who you're, you're about to lose your patience with, or maybe somebody that you've lost your patience with a hundred times already. You know, the Bible refers to those people as our enemies, right? And we lose our patience with our enemies. So let me encourage you to do this. That person who popped into your mind that you lose your patience with, start praying for that person. Are praying for that person. Jesus says we pray for our enemies. And then he says we do good. We do good also. So see and, and, and find ways in which you can be a blessing in their life. Pray that your heart and your attitude would be changed. Pray that you would respond and act 
in patient and loving ways. You can do this not of your own will, not of your own volition, but because you've been given a new heart. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. He can empower you to do that thing which you see as impossible. Say, but that person doesn't deserve love. That person doesn't deserve patience. Let me remind you that God is loving and patient towards you and I. And we don't deserve that love from Him. We don't deserve that unbelievable, astounding patience from Him. So may His love so transform us that we respond in every situation with love. A love that manifests itself as shown forth in patience. Let's pray together as a church. Lord, we come before you today on this Mother's Day. And knowing that, that many people have, have a, just an amazing day to look forward to, of being with family and celebrating mothers, but others look at this day and they're thinking, I, I don't have any of that. Lord, I pray that, that you would give them your peace, knowing that they are, that these people, all people are surrounded by you with an infinite love and mercy. And Lord, we don't deserve any of this love or any of this mercy or any of this goodness that you give to us. But because of your divine patience, we're living today. We're living today so that we can experience that which you desire to pour into our hearts and lives. So do a work. Do your work in our congregation, in our lives, in our families, in our community, and in our nation. And Lord, when things don't work out the way we think they should work out, Help us to be content in our circumstances, to wait on you, and to trust you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.